Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Before we get into the episode today, if you haven't heard already, registration is now open for the June-July round of Wanting It More, which is, in my opinion, the program to take if you want to want and enjoy sex more with your husband, but you just don't. It's an online eight-week group experience with weekly classes, coaching, community support, and even calls for your husband, which is a brand new part of the program. To get all the information, watch testimonials, and see if it's a good fit, go to janetdentonhouse.com slash wantingitmore. If you need a little extra support to make the decision, you can book a call with me personally. Just send me an email and I'll send you the link to book. I really hope to see you within Wanting It More. It's an incredibly special experience, as I'm sure you've been hearing on our recent episodes and in the one today as well. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I'm really excited to have a guest with me today. I have Tia joining me. Tia just completed the most recent round of Wanting It More. And so I'll have her introduce herself a little bit and then we'll get started on the conversation. Go ahead. Hi, Jana. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. It's such a privilege and honor, like you said, having just completed WIM. That has been such an amazing experience for me. Um, so, yeah, just to tell the listeners a bit more about myself, I'm 37 years old. Um, I've been married for 13 years. Um, although my husband and I dated for about five, six years before we got married. So, in total, been together for about 19 years and um, we have three girls um twin girls that's nine years old and then our youngest is six years old um yeah what else so we i'm from um south africa and we just moved to um you to the uk to england about two and a half years ago um Hobbies include running and CrossFit. My husband and I both do CrossFit. We really enjoy that. Um, and yeah, I work for a professional services firm in financial services. So that's sort of our family in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to ask you more questions about your life now. I know we have to get into the podcast conversation about sex, but okay, I have a few <laughs> ones here. What's it been like moving from South Africa to the UK? Um, that it was obviously quite tough, um, as it would be with you when you immigrate um, with your family. Um, and also we did it in the middle of lockdown. Um, it was all planned before the whole COVID thing hit. And um, we it was quite an interesting story because we had our start dates for work in the UK. Um, we went to the airport. So this was uh, myself, my husband, our three kids um, and my mom, because she was just going to join us for the first couple of weeks to help us set up. And then um, sort of the whole COVID thing happened, but we still had our flights booked. So we were still OK. So we went to the airport, we checked in our luggage and then our flight was cancelled. And um, we, yeah, basically had to get our luggage off. Um, 
and they said that um, South Africa went into lockdown within the next two weeks. So even though you could still get into the UK, if we couldn't get out of South Africa, obviously try to frantically book other flights, but you know, all the flights were fully booked and, and just started, you know, being cancelled left, right and centre. So we ended up um, sort of being, uh, you know, in, in South Africa, luckily we could go to my mom's house and just stay there because we already rented out our house in South Africa. Um, and yeah, then could only come six months later um, and um, yeah, then started our journey. here. So it was quite a process to get here. And I would say the first sort of six, seven months was really tough because um, you couldn't, we thought we'll meet people through church and through the gym and, you know, parents from the school and um, you just couldn't meet up with anyone, right? Schools were closed, gyms were closed, church was closed and you're in this new country and uh, we arrived in the middle of winter. So it was cold and dark and wet and coming from sunny South Africa. <laughs> that was quite hard. But I must say after about six, seven months when things started opening up again, um, we've settled in really well. And I guess your biggest worry with a move like that is um, the kids, will they be okay? And how will they adjust? Because we are, as you can probably tell from my accent, we are Afrikaans speaking. We only speak Afrikaans at home. So it's not just a new country, it's sort of a new language for the kids. Um, but yeah, it all worked out really well. And we really enjoy it here now. <laughs> wow, what a big move in such a big time in history. That's incredible. Mm. And you have twins. That's yes, wild. That's a journey on its own. <laughs> oh my gosh. But they're nine now. So do you feel like you're sort of taking a breath now in terms of those physical demands of having three children and sort of more time to yourself? Definitely. It's it's. Uh, I remember when um I when the twins was really young, I I met another twin mom with older kids, and she said, "Just hold on. It's really tough now because you don't sleep and." um double trouble you know all of that but when they are bigger they become friends and then it actually becomes easier because they keep each other busy and and it really is like that I mean the my three girls can play together for hours and yeah it, it just is a lot lot easier now so I'd really enjoy them they are just the biggest uh blessing in my life <laughs> Oh, that's that's wonderful. My kids are 15 months apart, so sometimes I feel like I had twins. Oh, that's also very yeah. Tough. I really, I really um agree with you that when they get older, it just gets well. I'm now heading into the teen years, which are a whole nother oh, realm gosh. of mm. learning and emotions and you know my own mm. growth remembering what it was like to be 13 and 14 and mm. so yeah it parenting is such a wild journey <laughs> you're, just, you're just always trying to keep up and figure things out and we don't know what we're doing um oh. just like sex did you see how I made that segue there? <laughs> well done yeah thanks um so yeah let's talk about that experience for you so um, what was it like in the early days? So let's say when you first started to get to know your husband, did you talk about sex? Was that part of your upbringing? I know you mentioned uh, church. So I don't know if you were raised in the church and what that was like for you in terms of sex education. Yes, so um, both um, my husband and I were raised um, in Christian families and in the church. Um, and I think 
yeah, I think actually one of our very first dates was like he invited me to go to church with him. Um, and I think while we, we, I think our parents never really spoke to us about church. I'm, uh, I'm sorry about this. Um, I think, you know, my mom explained sort of the basics to me when I was younger, but um, nothing before, you know, you know, getting married um, or anything like that and um, we did sort of a, a pre-marital counseling and um, which they also always do at our church and and there was a part where they spoke to us a little bit about that but I don't think there was anyone that really spoke to us about the details around it or what to expect or anything around that so I think we both went into that um, with almost um so we we both decided that it was important for us to to wait until marriage, and we just felt like marriage is the ideal place for that to really flourish. It's um it's a safe environment where two people are fully committed to each other, um and um so we even though we dated about five six years, um we waited until our, our wedding night, um and we don't regret that. I mean I still think that is just sort of the ideal. Um, environment for a very special connection and pleasure um, but I think uh, what we probably didn't really realize at the time but now looking back is I think our perception of sex was maybe formed quite a bit by culture and by society and and by things just what like you know what you see in the movies and, and things like that um, where this is kind of the formula with how things happen. And, you know, it usually, you know, includes, I think in the program we talk about PIV. So it's like penis in vagina. Um, the guy has an orgasm, sometimes the lady, but that's sort of, you know, it's usually the guy has the orgasm and then it's all done, right? <laughs> so without realizing, I think we kind of went into um into it with that kind of uh, view. And I think when, when it started off, it was still, um, it was still, everything was very exciting and new. And, you know, I felt he was very gentle. And, um, but I think somewhere over the years, and I don't know where this happened. I don't know if it was exactly after kids or, but I think at somewhere along the line, it sort of started becoming um, almost like a chore for me. And I, even now, like, I feel really bad saying that, but it was almost like, um, do the dishes, wash, wash the laundry, um, you know, do work, sort out the kids. Oh, and yes, you know, don't forget, you definitely need to have sex because that's what, you know, happy couples do and a happy marriage looks like. And, and you know, it's something I need to give to my husband often because otherwise, you know, he really needs that. And if I don't give it to him, you know, who knows, he, he can look for it somewhere else. Not that he, you know, ever had any tendencies like that. It's a great guy and a great husband or I never felt, uns you know, um, unsecure in my relationship. But still you have that thought of this is just, uh, you know, it is your duty as a wife and as a good wife. Um, and I think that led to sort of pressure that I mostly probably put on myself and also guilt when it didn't happen that often because, you know, uh, you know, happy marriage two times a week or whatever the, you know, you kind of think in your head is the acceptable norm from what society tells you. And then if it's not that often, like the, the guilt builds up and it's like, um, but then it becomes 
less about connection and pleasure, which it should be about, and more about just like a tick box exercise. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess that's sort of where we were before the program. And, and I think there were times where it was more special um, and there was a better connection. And then there was other times where it's just like a quickie to get it done because we don't have lots of time or we're really tired or, you know. Yeah, that two times a week thing. It's so fascinating <laughs> to me because when I do surveys, that's what women will always say. Two times a week is ideal. And I I often wonder, where does that come from? It's very interesting. No I, idea. <laughs> I mean, I was like, if I can do once a month, I am doing amazing <laughs> over <a> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did it work with, um, like, did it feel good for you? I Like, if you were having sex two times a week um were you like did you build up resentment did it feel like it wasn't like for you it was for your husband yeah I definitely felt like um and I don't think it started off that way it was always that way but definitely for the last couple of years it sort of felt like it was definitely something I did for him um it, it certainly wasn't something I did for myself or for my pleasure I also um, was never, I also thought like, I, I'm not really sure if I've ever had an orgasm because I've had sort of light sensations and I've, I've certainly had good times with connection and pleasurable times, but it was like, um, well, I'm not really sure if, if what was that now, you know, like an orgasm? I don't know. It's not like this explosion like you see on the movies or like I want to scream or anything like that. So I always thought, I'm not even really sure if I've ever had one. Is this sort of like wave of pleasure? Is that what it is? Um, so, and that also, even that, you know, it's something that took time and effort. And I think especially when the kids are young and you're tired, it was more like, let's just, wiki it's over and done I can go to sleep <laughs> as terrible as it sounds so um you know I think it was sort of almost always you know it ended in he had his orgasm he's satisfied you know that's the end of it did you talk about sex very much outside of I mean having it but yeah did you talk about like maybe you having an orgasm or mm, yeah just I know so many couples just don't talk about it, you know? No, I think we I think we're quite open in our communication. I think we did talk about it and we did try different things, but it just never sort of really clicked. Um and then I mean it's then I was also like, well, it doesn't have to be the goal. It's about connection. So let's just, you know, leave that there. Um I think we would go through phases where it's like, okay, no, we want to really <laughs> try and go for this. And then other times it was like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's not what it should be about, but I guess there was always that um, sort of, um, I guess, curiosity to just be like, I just want to know that I know that I know I had one. And I think, you know, in the beginning, I definitely had it because I remember um when we were sort of newly married and remember like driving to work one day and thought oh my gosh that was amazing and I just want to tell the world but like no one's really talking about this who can I tell because even my girlfriends and I it's not really something we spoke about so um 
And I was just like, oh, this is so amazing. I want to tell the world. But so I think maybe, you know, it's just so many years ago. I can't even really remember. Um, it was really amazing. But I think, yeah, like I said, somewhere along the line, it changed. Yeah. Talk, we, yeah. Nobody talks about these things. Have you ever spoken to a friend or a, 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 your mom or if your mom's around or your sister, if you have sisters? You know, that's a strange because I'm I'm the youngest of five kids and I have three um, older sisters um, and I'm also really close with my sister-in-law. And you would have think, you know, you would have thought as like, you know, the youngest female that someone would, even if it's, you know, because I think they all knew we were waiting for our wedding night or everything, but someone would like... But I think because by that time, they would have been all married, you know, like a few years already, right? You would think someone would sit you down and be like, I just want to talk to you about your expectations and, you know, what it's all about. And, you know, the real goal is just, you know, connection and bonding and, um, you know, yes, this, you know, yeah, anyway, but no, no, one did, did really speak to me. I mean, I guess my few conversations that I had with girlfriends wasn't really that helpful um I guess my one friend had an amazing experience where they also waited until marriage and on the first night it was just amazing and they both had you know orgasms she had a first organ so I thought and that was before I got married so I thought it's just gonna happen like that for me it's very easy they the first night it was just perfect for them but obviously each couple is different and then I think I had another friend that told me um when they were on a honeymoon basically it was like two three times a day and I don't know they would drink like what's that um, red bull for energy and I was like what is that okay so that's like what you should aim for like a few times a day <laughs> And I remember after our first night, even though, like I say, it was really gentle. It was actually, it was a really special experience. And it was, it was a good experience. But we had like one, um, uh, like this loop called, I think they called it. Yeah. Anyway, we had a loop. Um, and then we kind of used the whole thing that one night. And we thought, okay, we're going to need lots of these for the honeymoon. So we went to the pharmacy the next morning. And we, we I, I waited in the car. I was too shy. My husband went in and he bought like 10, all the packets that they had in the pharmacy. <laughs> like 10 of these packets of lube. Because we were like, we're going to need a lot of lube if we're going for a few times a day. <laughs> So, yeah, so our, our honeymoon was sort of like that. We've waited all this time, five, six years, and now we can go for it. And, you know, um, and I don't even know if any of us wanted it every day or more than once a day, but we were sort of like, you know, it's our time now to explore. <laughs> yeah, so looking back, it's all very funny, like kind of the things you do and the way you think about it. And, yeah. <laughs> okay we gotta know what were you doing with all the lube <laughs> <laughs> no I think just rubbing it <laughs> all over in my kitchen because I was um oh, I don't know if this is like oversharing but like um I was quite tight like I couldn't even use like a tampon before we got married like that was like sore to put in a tampon so I guess they had to be a lot of stretching hence the loop. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fantastic. I, how did you know to bring lube? 
Oh, so I guess that's one of the things I think they talked about on that pre premarital course we did. So I think it was actually a really good course because in that course they took us separately as well, the ladies separate to the husbands. And and I remember the couple that did it to us. They were older couples, so they were married for years and years. And the and the husband um, the guy, he was actually gynecologist as well. I don't know if that really helps, but anyway. So we, so we had good. Um, tips there I guess and, and good conversations and I remember there was questions like um, sort of what's acceptable in the bedroom and what's not you know obviously from that Christian standpoint and they were basically saying as long as it's something that both people enjoy and are fully comfortable with then that's a yes basically so which I think is it's good advice. <laughs> Yeah, that's really healthy advice. I love that consent right from the beginning. Yeah. Was it your first time seeing a penis? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's strange because a lot of people think and, and I hear even a lot of women saying it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the prettiest thing. Uh, for me, it's sort of the other way. I think it's really pretty. <laughs> I really like the way it looks. <laughs> I might be spit. Oh, I don't mind oversharing but maybe it's because my husband's been circumcised I don't know <laughs> I mean but, it does uh, make a difference what it looks like anyways yeah 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 so yeah now it was and that was very interesting and I was very curious and and still now it's you know on my XDs it's really I really like it <laughs> mm-hmm. so it sounds like you went into your first experience not with you didn't have any fear it doesn't sound like you were open and curious yes yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. That's really cool. And he, like you mentioned, was open and you were communicating and talking and yes, the whole time loop together. Just... It's so great. <laughs> yeah, that was all good. I just remember we had this, um, they were like uh, in sort of the honeymoon suite or whatever where we had the first night, they were mirrors. And I think I, I think it was just like I couldn't stop giggling about just the like two naked bodies and seeing it in the mirror and just the feelings. I thought it was, yeah, anyway, but it was, yeah, it was all good. It was fun and exciting and curious and interesting and yeah, all the good things. <laughs> and when do you think, like, was it around the time when when kids came on or was it just a busy going back to busy life? I think a lot of women always wonder why, how does the transition happen? No, and it's, this is really, I try to think about it. There's really not something that I can specifically pinpoint. I think it's definitely make it harder just from the perspective of you sleep a lot less. So you just have a lot of less, less energy and kind of put everything into your kids and then you know also worked and still work full time so it's just a lot in your life um but I think it was just there wasn't sort of a big turning point I think it's just over the years you get into just a habit and this is what we do and I guess you um yeah I guess we became less explorative and more just doing the normal traditional positions and you know PIV and he has an orgasm and now it's done and you know and yeah it almost I don't know if you should say boring but it's just um you you don't I don't think we and I um prioritized our 
pleasure, right? It was just something we did. It wasn't like my pleasure is a priority. And now I'm going to take time out in my day to do this, despite the fact that the house is chaotic and the, you know, the kids is here and, you know, it's, it just wasn't something I put at the top of my priority list. And even if I did, I didn't know how to make it a very pleasurable experience for myself. Mm, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Mm. So when was the turning point for you to start looking for support? So um, I think, I don't think I sort of actively saw it. I think if I remember correctly, it was sort of one of your um, advertisements that popped up on Facebook, I think. Um, and I, as soon as I started reading what you did, I was like, wow, this is definitely something I need to do. Um, but this was only about sort of a year ago um, and things were still very hectic with we're in a new country, I'm working full time, I'm raising three kids, I have, you know, no help at home or any family. So it's just, you know, like um, all these things that we need to do. So I thought about it, but I also thought, you know, I just don't know how I'm going to have the time to even do this. Um, and I know you also kind of say on your website, you need to um, you know, have a make sure you have a bit of time to do it the proper way, right? And commit fully commit to the course. Um, and then I think it I was also a bit of it felt like a strange thing to invest in financially because we've never before, um, you know, I've never seen a counselor in my life. He's never seen a counselor, definitely never marriage counselling. So it's not something that we, I don't think even in, probably not, I can't, probably can't say not anyone in our family, but it's not really that much part of our cultural background. It's probably not a good thing. I think like counselling is amazing and it's great. And so I just want to make that clear, but it's just not something that's really been, um, I guess needed that much um before and yeah and I think we you're like oh it's to spend money on like sex you know like why is that something that you want to um spend money on and obviously now having done it it was like the best investment ever um but I think over over the year I think I signed up to receive your emails and you started your podcast that I started to listen to and every time, every single time I read an email, I listened to a podcast, I was like, I just know I need to do this. I just know I need to do this. And then um, I, I think I actually signed up for this round of worm on the last day because I, I was still before that. I was like, I need to do this. I'm going to do this. Spoke to my husband about it. He was like, he doesn't really know if we need this or yeah, he, like he wasn't sure. Um, and then I kind of left it for a week. And then on the last day we can sign up, I just went to him and say, listen, I know you're not sure, but I'm sure. And you just need to trust me. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. I know I need this. And listen, even if it doesn't help at all, then at least we know. Then at least, you know. And um, yeah, it turned out to be honestly one of the best decisions in my life. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, Jenna's not paying me to say that, <laughs> honestly, and I say my life, because it's not just about in the bedroom, or even my relationship with my husband, it went into um, our kids, and the way I just approach life in general, it's, it's, you get so much more than what you, it's like everything you want it to be, and so much more. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
That's amazing to get to the place where, because it's hard to spend money as women and it's hard to mm-hmm. prioritize our needs. And for you to get to that place where you just said to your husband, I need this. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Let's make it happen. Is that something that's part of your character? Have you done that in the past before? Or is this sort of something new for you? Um, I think sort of both sides. On the one side, I don't think I am very good at spending money on myself. I almost, always think like, you know, I would rather buy my kids a new dress than buy one for myself. Or, I mean, to have my nails done, it's sort of a a luxury I should rather save that for the kids and things like that um on the other hand um you know I you know work full-time and I earn a good salary so I guess that helps me a bit to feel like well I also have a right to spend this money the way I think um I think it's maybe you know harder if you maybe you know the mom at home with your kids and, and maybe not working so I think um I'm I'm struggling to think of other examples where I've said, okay, I'm just going to do this. I think we tend to be quite good at making decisions together. Um, But we are at the moment in in a discussion again where I want to go to South Africa in December for holiday. Um, And my husband thinks it's uh, too expensive. (laughs) So we are. So maybe that's another one where I'm going to be like, I need this. I need to see my family. Yeah, you can stay home with the girls. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, I just ask because personally, I find it hard to be assertive and I I find it hard to prioritize my needs. So I'm always quite inspired when women are able to do that. So yeah, really cool. So what is what has been, yeah, where do I want to go here? Um what has been the the change for you um after the program what would you say if you could you know say um oh gosh i have covid everyone i am trying <laughs> my brain <laughs> oh. i we could go yeah. week by week but what i'm really mm-hmm. asking is for you personally what was the biggest breakthrough during this process? Um, it is, I won't go week by week, but oh, it's really, um, diff- I'm going to answer it, but I just want to say to the listeners, it's really difficult to now in a few minutes and a few sentences summarize an amazing process that you, you know, go through over two months, right? It's eight weeks. So I'm going to try to now, summarize (laughs) what we go through um, in eight weeks and it's sort of so difficult to pull out one specific thing because all of them you know they are all sort of building blocks and you need to kind of go through step one you can just see through the process the time and effort you've put into really think about this and the structure and everything about it just really worked for me because you have the videos that you look at and discuss and then you have time to think and process and you discuss it within a safe community and then you have your homework. Um, so let me think, I think one of the things, I guess you kind of sort start off with a compassion about it makes sense that you are where you are um, because of culture and society. And I think what links in there for me uh, 
was just uh, the love that you and also Melissa, that was um, sort of the co-presenter or facilitator, um, you guys just have so much love for everyone there and acceptance and you can just fully be yourself. Um, and I always want to say to people, if they do this course for no other reason, and they just want to join a community where they will be loved and accepted for exactly who they are, um, then just do it for that reason. That's a reason enough. So I guess that compassion created that safe environment to say, it's okay, it makes sense where you are. You are not alone. There's hundreds of other probably thousands, millions, but I mean, at least on the call, I think we were like uh, seven, 70 ladies that did this. And you're like, all these ladies are exactly where I am. Like every single person that spoke, I'm like, yes, I can identify with that. Yes, I can. So you just start off by feeling so safe and secure and just having that um, confirmation about I'm not alone. Every, you know, this is many other marriages are in the same boat um and then i think when you you spoke about um sort of uh intuition following your intuition something so simple that i never i don't know it seems so simple and you i guess you hear quotes about it but just in your everyday life um listen to your body and just follow your intuition and that's really helped me some you know obviously in the in the bedroom as well and then uh, the area around pleasure and around prioritizing your pleasure never in my life has anyone told me prioritize your pleasure and if they would it would be you know it would almost like sound funny in the culture <laughs> that we raised because it's like you know you hear work hard and you hear um, and I mean, sure, you hear things like invest in your marriage or but like prioritize your pleasure and how to do that. And and, th and then I think what I also really liked is like you say about use all five senses where um, just something like smells. So you're in the UK when it's really cold and dark and you're in your house all the time. Um, it's really nice to do all these like aromatherapy oils and um, these like diffusers with different smells. So we, we just started doing that again and as part of, you know, our, our connection time together as well. Using smells is such an amazing experience just to, to get pleasure from an amazing smell. And, um, you know, music as well, um, just something that we brought in as well because I just realized again, and I knew this, but then somewhere along the line, you, you don't really make that part of your special time together is how music can just instantly change my, um, I don't know if I should say mood, but just like it just creates an amazing atmosphere, music, right? So I have all these playlists that I created. So some are very fun and upbeat and dance kind of music and others are very sort of slow and relaxing music and then others are sort of like praise and worship songs and so I've got all these different playlists and depending on the day what I feel like I will use that you know in our time together um, and I guess then all these and then uh, I mean obviously the safety one is a big one but that's a difficult one to explain um, but I think you've had it on some of your other podcasts but I think in the end it just all came together beautifully um, and there was like a week where you also said connecting with your body um, and I just I never thought this because I always thought I have a really 
I feel like I have a good body self-image. I'm really comfortable with the way I look. I mean, I don't look like a model or anything, but I, I've really accepted the way I look. I like my body. I'm healthy. It works. Um, so I didn't think that would be sort of a week where I thought, oh, this week is going to be easy. I didn't think I was disconnected with my body. And then I realized that I actually am. And I'm actually carry quite a bit of shame around sort of just even like just like touching my own body or um, you know exploring my own body and I just thought you know where where does this come from because you know if someone yeah and I guess maybe part of that is part of maybe my upbringing in society as well as you know that's something that's you know not good to do and I didn't think I had that thinking in my head but once I um, explored my body and my husband's body more I realized I did actually carry that shame um, so also um, something that I can maybe mention is so I've um, never before used a vibrator or any kind of sex toys in the bedroom um, this was definitely um, sort of because of I think my beliefs and my upbringing and I think where I almost saw it in sort of the same category as porn and while um, both my husband and I, and I think, I mean, you agree on the course, still feel like, you know, porn is something completely um, separate. You know, it's definitely not not good for, for any relationship. Um, uh, well, just, you know, talking about our personal views, obviously. Um, and that's definitely not something that we want to make, you know, part of our experience. I kind of, I guess, thought like a vibrator is also maybe something that's in that category. Um, and then when I really thought about it and spoke to you about my husband um, and I said, well, you know, if that can be something that can help me to explore what feels good to me and get to help me to get to know my body better which will help us to have more of a connection and pleasure together maybe that is something um, and you know we prayed about it and and for us we just felt like God gave us this these amazing bodies and as part of that he gave us this um, experience that we can have to have pleasure and there's just absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, that's what God wants. That's what he put it there for, right? And um, I think we discussed in the course as well about the clitoris and how it doesn't scientifically, they haven't found um, there to be any other um, function for that really apart from pleasure. Um, and I just thought it's really this gift from God that I haven't, uh, really fully explored or accepted because of cultural messages really um so I actually bought my first vibrator at 37 can you believe it and I was like I'm even really sure how to use this or what to do and I started exploring and it turns out um you know I'm able to have orgasms I have multiple orgasms um and I was and that was just like such a wow moment for me just in terms of my body does work and everything is fine the way it should be. And I think there, I mean, I can imagine where there's people that might be hesitant to use it because obviously if you have, you know, 
depending on if you have, you know, certain fa fantasies that can maybe not be helpful or, you know, sort of my beliefs are, you know, if I were to fantasize about another man, that wouldn't make that, you know, a, a good thing. Um, but for us, it was purely just to, to get to know my body and learn what feels good. And it honestly has helped me definitely to want and enjoy sex more and want my husband more because I find you know if I have you know use that and get stimulated I'm like go grab my husband I'm like come here <laughs> and we've had some of the most amazing beautiful experiences together with that so it really opened up this new world for me um, just to kind of overcome the shame and yeah explore my body and explore my husband's body and yeah <laughs> I mean that's a, such a big step what was it like for you did you buy it online is that how you bought it yes Amazon and then it's just a delivery and they like actually very discreet with it obviously it just arrives in a box so no one knows and even if you open it up I was like oh they're very I'm um, sort of discreet in their packaging and everything <laughs> And how did you know what type to buy? Because there are so many different versions and options. Yeah, I didn't really know. Um, I guess you guys recommended some. And then I also just looked at the Amazon reviews and where there were ones where lots of people bought it and it was good reviews. I was like, okay, let's let's try this out and it seems to work well. So I love that. It's just so neutral. Like I'm going to buy a vacuum cleaner. I'm going to buy an electric toothbrush. I'm going to buy a vibrator. I'm going to buy something to clean my house. <laughs> it's just so like yeah, mundane. It should be. And I think yeah. um, even the other, yeah, I guess, you know, I've never had any friends, family, sis no one is like that I even know that's just kind of the world I mean I guess I'm sure there's other people that share these things all the time this is my vibra in their friends group but you know in my no I don't even know of anyone that I'm sure I know someone that but not that I know of that owns a vibrator or has ever spoken to me about it or I just think you know like I say I kind of saw it as this um, thing that's not really an option which I think can potentially be a beautiful fun thing for and I mean for me it's just the, the proof is in the pudding like they say for me it's absolutely something that makes me want my husband more and I have a better connection with him and you know um, yeah so that it's it's all a good thing right it can't be a bad thing if it draws you closer to your husband right no it's sort of on that spectrum of is it, is it helpful or harmful and it's clearly super helpful for your relationship and it's just yeah. technology really that's what it is it's just something that can go a little faster than a finger or a little little more yeah. directed than a, a penis it's just yeah it's really cool you know I have been looking into I mean, I feel even embarrassed to say it, but like furniture. So like sex furniture. <laughs> this oh, okay. First, I didn't even know that exists. This is the first time I'm saying it out loud. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like just in terms of bolsters, like if you think of yoga, where you yeah. have, you can use aids, right? Like a bolster mm -hmm. or a folded up blanket or a block. And it's the same thing. You can... There are yeah. different like wedges, like memory foam wedges and different 
just to get you in different positions, depending on your body types and structures and mobility. And it's just sort of a neutral thing, but goodness gracious, did I feel some resistance to it when I started to look into it. I just thought, oh gosh, I hope nobody notices my search history. (laughs) (laughs) And I do this, you know, I talk about this and I've actively worked on healing from shame. So there's just always like a next level to discover which is just wild yeah it's interesting like yeah very curious now didn't know (laughs) that exists right there's this whole world and I think the same thing is like you had this concept of porn anything that was like a sex aid it was in that porn Mm. category for me anything that was in this category was more like BDSM or that type of kink culture, which, Mm. you know, I'm not saying is wrong. It's just not something that I feel attracted to, or I feel like Mm -hmm. is helpful in my marriage or that I want to do. Um, So I, I, again, like you had done, I categorized it. I lumped it into one thing, but then I was thinking, well, what about folks with disabilities? They need Uh, accommodations and they need to put their bodies Mm. into certain positions and get help Um, I had heard about a woman who had some uh, surgery or her husband had some surgery and so they bought a sex swing which is typically very like oh kinky very hush hush you'd never want to buy that but for mobility reasons, it made so much sense for them. And it was like a practical thing that was really helpful, you know. And I think, yeah, just layer by layer, we're going to we're gonna heal this darn world. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. I mean, there's no, why should a couple like that feel shame around that, you know, if it's something that helps them connect and bond, you know. Yeah, it's exactly. a beautiful thing. But, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So what kind of vibrator did you buy? Um, it it was that um I think it's the the satisfier, the one with the bit of the sucking one. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's... I've heard mixed reviews about that one. So it works well for your body? Works well for me, yes. Mm. And can I ask some more details about this? Because I think usually okay. people are quite curious about okay. how it all works. Because we talk about sex in such a vague way. I know. But yeah. then it's not people, helpful. It's not helpful, right? So yeah. do you so you use it on yourself, like solo? Yes, so I think um for the beginning um I did. Uh use it solo and and just then I was like okay it works (laughs) um I'm still trying to kind of figure it out with my husband um because we've been trying sort of different positions because otherwise it's a bit uh it can be a bit tricky because you need space for everything (laughs) right (laughs) so um we tried, I think you recommended that star position, which is complicated to explain. So I'm, I'll leave that to you to explain yeah. that position. What, would, what could we say? Um, you're, you're both laying down and the woman is sort of perpendicular to the man. Yeah. So you're next to each other and then. And then one leg. Oh, I, yeah. One leg over and one leg under. Yes. Yeah. So you're both facing upwards. Yes. And <laughs> there's a lot of the sort of ceiling. finagling and some adjusting that needs yeah. to Yeah. So the first time we tried it, it 
really didn't work. And I guess we both just got a bit frustrated. And that's part of this journey we're all learning. I know you um, encourage us to say each experience is a learning experience. And I haven't done it yet, but I am going to do it. I'm just going to start a journal because every time there's like 10 things I learn that, and you would think, I mean, gosh, like we've been married 13 years. Like you would think we know each other's bodies inside and out and every little and we don't <laughs> we know only now exp- you know exploring all those like little bits of our body you know from head to toe so yeah I'm gonna keep a journal and keep like a list of all the things I, I learn in each oh, um, you know yeah, now day. I want to know can you remember any of the things that you've learned oh gosh uh let me see um I guess lots of things. I think there's, uh, now I kind of have a blank, but I know there's like so many things. That's why why I should write it. Categories of things, (laughs) you know, Um, categories can be around time of the day or activities before and after. Yes. Yes. So time of day is a big one. So I think most couples and we typically, we would wait until at night when the kids are asleep, right? That's just like the logic thing because you wake up and it's work and and kids. Um, And that is really the worst time because then we are both so tired that you either leave it or you just do it and you want to go to sleep and that is not a good time. So we um, have scheduled it now on Fridays. It works really well for us because I, I don't work on Fridays. So I work four days a week now and um, he works from home and the kids are off at school. So we've got the whole house to ourselves. And um, so and so we do it in the Fridays. I drop the kids off at school. I go to gym and I come back and like take a shower and and then that's like the ideal time because it's morning we are you know I'm all refreshed I've been to the gym and that's just that yeah the timing so that was a big thing that I learned and definitely not at night after the kids if that can work for you great but definitely wasn't the best time for us and we didn't really know that now I mean how many we've had kids for nine years (laughs) so um so definitely morning is a lot better for us um then I think there was things that I've learned about what was the other things you said? Timing, time of day, um, things to do before or before. after. Um, so I think it's good for me to have. I think most men, I guess we shouldn't general generalize, but they are like any time of day, ready to go. <laughs> Here we go. And I think as um, ladies, we need a bit more time um so for example we would um what what did we do so we'll be like i'll get like the room ready it's really nice i'll put on some of that like oil diffuser so there's a really some candles maybe nice smelling candles so there's a really nice smell in the room then i'll choose the playlist that i want for the day and i'll put that on the speaker um and often we'll do something like we'll start off by just taking a shower together or taking a bath together um, and just talking um, usually definitely starts off with, you know, a bit of talking. Sometimes it's just like, I just want to tell him about my week because I feel like we haven't, we've been together the whole week and we haven't spoken. So we've set out two hours for um, our exploration dates and the two hours worked really well for me because I would say that's sort of like the minimum I need um, because if it would be less, I would feel rushed or um, uh 
like it's just not enough time so with two hours I feel like I can completely relax we have a lot of time so even if we spend half an hour talking that's fine because we still have an hour and a half for the rest so um I think the shower thing we we quite enjoy. Um, we've tried different things there. I mean, one day I put the shower on like ice cold water, and like I would push him under it, and he would scream no, and like he would push me under, and we would laugh, and you know. But then when you get out, you feel so refreshed, and just you know having a bit of fun together and having a laugh together. Um, and then um, often there would be um, so we'll take so so we made this massage oil that one from Melissa that she recommended with what, what is it the the she butter and the as uh, it uh, olive coconut oil and then I think she we have like orange and vanilla um like aromatherapy oils in it so it's a really nice one and we would like um, massage each other's bodies um like from head to toe um or just whatever part we we feel like um touching and exploring um I, you know, like I say, like his penis, I quite like the way it looks. So, um, and it's interesting for me. I'm curious, like the way I explained it to him the other day, I said, I feel like when I was a little girl, I loved playing with my Barbie dolls, right? Um, and I was the youngest child and all my brothers and sisters were, were quite a bit older. So I often had to play on my own, we lived on a farm and I could just play for hours with my dolls, right? And it was just so relaxing and fun. And that's kind of how I feel now with my exploration dates. It's just time to play and there's no expectation that there needs to be something that there's no expectation you know I should have an orgasm or he should have an orgasm or it should be you know penis in vagina that whole thing um it might end up that way but I don't know like often at the beginning of exploration date I tell him I have no idea what's going to happen today but like you teach us just follow your intuition like what feels good and Pleasure means something just slightly more positive than neutral. So you do a little something, you're like, hmm, it's okay. Do something else. Oh, that's really good. Then you stick with it. So I um, I think you mentioned some sometime that you like smelling your husband's armpits. Now, obviously, considering this is after we've had a shower, so it's fresh. I love that. I love his, I love his arm hair and smelling his armpits. And... Um, you know, I realize I also love if he touches my head. I didn't really know that. I mean, we all know a head massage can be amazing, right? But like, I really enjoy that. And then um, I really like enjoying playing with his genitals. Like, I think it's, it's a, I feel so curious, you know, I'm like, this is really interesting and I can move it around and um, there's no, there's full safety. So he, he knows and we agree that there's no, um, not something that needs to happen. So, okay, if I play with it and it gets aroused, there's nothing to say, okay, now, you know, I need to give him my orgasm or anything. If after a while I feel like now I want to, you know, just rub his back, then I'm like, okay, turn around, let me rub your back, you know, it's just the next thing. Um, so I'm trying to think all the things I've learned, but I guess it's every day is just completely different and that's what makes it so exciting and adventurous because you you don't know what's gonna you know it might be the same as last week it might be completely different I'm just going to touch his body 
rub these oils on him and we take it from there. And some of it looked like we put on nice, fun music. I'm like, I feel like dancing. And like, we put the music really loud. We dance together and we just having fun. We, you know, um, and other times it's just like more relaxing and lying next to each other. And um, yeah, I think just a lot of it is around, I guess, the touch and just certain parts in the body that I really enjoy being touched and so forth. Oh, that was beautiful to listen to. <laughs> Thank you. That just warms my heart so much because that's exactly what I want to bring to couples, that sense of playfulness and freedom and yeah, the, that that um, lightness to a relationship yeah. because life is hard and there are difficult adult things that we have to do and decisions I and know. finances and trying to figure out if you're going to go home to South Africa or not. It's big <laughs> hard things to talk about. So it's just so delightful. I know in my life to have that guaranteed connection time where we can shut all of that out just for a little bit. We'll get back to it. You know, we'll open the door again and it'll all be standing there waiting for us to figure out. But just for that couple hours every week, just to relax together and, and be together. It's just, ah, so yeah, good. And I think um, two, two things, two or three things. I must remember everything now. Um, The one is um, that... I guess it's just such a priority for us now. So when, so previously I would be like, oh, I want to have time with my husband, but I mean, look at the house or, you know, we need to cook dinner or whatever the case. And now it's just, it's, we've got that set time and we just prioritize it. And it's just now like the best time of my week. But the other thing is, um, what was also quite helpful. So I say, obviously, usually we do this on the Friday, the kids aren't home. But they obviously there's things like holidays and they don't go to school. And um, we've also had just really good experience where we've said, okay, put on the movie for the kids because we have like three different levels, three stories. So they're at the bottom level. <laughs> put on a movie for the kids, lock the door on the top level, and they can still come and knock and kind of shake it as they will, of course, do. Um, and so that happened once. We had an amazing experience. They came by the door. Why is that all locked? What's happening here? We want to know what's happening here. Which then actually led to this beautiful discussion that my husband had with the girls. So, because I was still like waiting upstairs and he kind of, uh, it was also sort of around bedtime anyway. So he put them to bed that night and he had this beautiful discussion with them because um, like the twins are nine years old now. And I mean, we've always been pretty open if they have any questions about where babies come from. We explain that to them and, you know, um, in the way it happens um, so that they know and understand that. But then there was also like, why did you lock the door? And, you know, almost like mad, like what's happening there? Where, why can't we know? And he just had this amazing experience just sharing everything with them and say it's like mommy and daddy's special time um, to connect. And they had all these questions. And he just absolutely answered them honestly and openly. And I just felt so warm. I just felt like that's such a good thing for them to just understand this 
um, from a young age. And there was a second time where we had a, and we said, mommy, daddy's going to have our special time now. You can watch some TV and hear some snacks. And, you know, if there's an emergency or anything, come knock at the door. But they are now so... And that was kind of a big win because previously I wouldn't feel comfortable with the kids. And now they, even at that young age, they understand that mommy and daddy needs their special time to connect. Um, so, yeah, I think it just changes the way you even like raise your kids and, and speak to them about all of this. Yeah. And they're one day going to be in a relationship and they're going to remember back to those conversations that you had with them and it's going to be normalized for them it's not going to be shamed or hidden because I think not it's not only what we say to kids about sex it's what we don't say that can speak volume so yeah yeah I already told my husband like you I hope you run this program for many years because they are all going to do this before they get married (laughs) (laughs) I love it that's so great Oh, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and having this conversation with me. It's been really, really insightful. And I think uh, our listeners are going to take away just so many moments of relief because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think especially especially folks who have been raised in the church and perhaps also waited until marriage. I think there was just a lot of relatable stuff there. Mm-hmm. And it's just so exciting to watch your journey unfold and, and see you take so much ownership over your pleasure and the empowerment and no one can see your face, but it's just glowing. And it's <laughs> just, it's so awesome. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jenna. It's like such an amazing program. I just wish everyone can do it and, and, and learn what you teach. So thank you for the good work that you do. And you really are changing, you know, not just marriages, family, families and the world with this work that you do. So thank you. Aww. Okay. Well, with that, I'll say goodbye to everyone here and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I will talk to you in the next one. Bye everyone. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app, It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes, if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars actually you can put any stars but five is what I would love and put a title and then write your review thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful if you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janetdentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.